Welcome to the Guitar Freaks Podcast, where we turn beginning guitar players into guitar freaks. This podcast is sponsored by Fret Deck. And now your host, Justin Comstock. Welcome to the Guitar Freaks Podcast. This is your host, Justin Comstock. I am super pumped and excited today to have blues guitarist Jose Ramirez on the podcast today. What is up, Jose? Hey, Justin, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to doing this with you. Dude, I've been excited all week. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's an honor to have you on and, and talk uh, about uh, the blues. I can't, we, like. we, can't, we can't get enough of the blues, so we're going to have <laughs> a lot of fun talking about your music on the podcast today. I would like to uh, remind our listeners to check out uh, the Guitar Freaks Facebook group page and uh, follow us on Instagram. If you haven't already, uh, today we're going we're gonna to be talking about the blues. We're going to be learning about Jose Ramirez and his experience with the blues. And we're going to talk about his wonderful album, which I've been listening to all day. If you, haven't, if you haven't listened to any of his stuff, go find it. Go listen to him right now. <laughs> Jose, how did you become crazy about the blues wow okay that's a that's a funny story i think we all have a similar story um and it's always funny um i am originally from from a small country down in central america uh called costa rica um as you know or possibly have heard about costa rica it has nothing to do with the blues um we are a latin american country we are big into salsa music reggae music uh, all that kind of, you know, like Latin groove and um, even like Caribbean music and stuff like that. Even rock and roll is pretty big in my country and some, to, to some extent, a little bit of jazz as well. But blues is people, you say blues in my country and they're like, what is that? Is it like jazz? Is it jazz? And I'm like, no, it's different. It has nothing to do with jazz. I mean, it has a lot to do with jazz. But it's, it's the root of it. It's, it's what, what came first, right? Yeah. And people in Costa Rica don't understand. If you are playing in a, in a club in Costa Rica and you are playing a Hendrix, a Jimi Hendrix song or an Eric Clapton song or a Led Zeppelin song, people come to you and tell you, that's a great blues song you're playing. And you're like, uh, kind of. Well, it depends. You know, it depends. Yeah. So people confuse a lot of blues with classic rock in Costa Rica because they haven't heard the blues. They don't know where classic rock came from. Um, so yeah, I was born there, born and raised in Costa Rica. Um, when I was around nine or nine or 10 years old, I got interested in music because the story goes, my, my parents owned a bar. Uh, they used to run a bar. And um, I remember being six, seven years old, both in the back of the car and also behind the bar, listening to American oldies music. That was that was my parents' uh, house specialty in the, in the bar. It was American oldies music. My dad played that type of music for his customers, and they loved it. And it was uh, there was a lot of classic rock, but it was mostly Motown music, a lot of uh, Stax recordings, mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, Philadelphia type of soul. You know the Philly sound uh temptations 
Um, I got okay. the Spinners, um, Motown, Gladys Knight, yeah. Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, mm. all okay. the good stuff. Oh yeah. So I was a kid listening to all of that, and I really liked the music. But I remember being around maybe 12 or 13 years old when I said I want to play an instrument, um, and my parents kind of detected that I was interested in um, playing the drums. Mm -hmm. My mom said well, you should pick a new instrument because we're not going to get a drum set in the house. <laughs> Hell no. Hell <laughs> So, yeah, man, I'm telling you, I, I could be a drummer. I could have been a drummer. But my mom was like, that's not happening. So <laughs> my dad was my dad was smart enough, and he's like, well, come, come check this video out. And uh, I remember he was playing a VHS of BB um, King. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. Mm -hmm. that's it like mm -hmm. i don't care about drums anymore they they're not necessary in the world we don't need drums why, why would i why would i want to play drums when you can do that with a guitar right yeah. um and that was it i was hooked by by bb um a couple of weeks after that i remember my dad came home with my first couple of blues records that he bought for me it was two cds uh the first one was a a double album by John Lee Hooker. It was like a greatest hits by John Lee Hooker. And the other one was a compilation album by B.B. King as well, an RCA compilation. And those two albums were my Bible for years. Uh, I remember I listened to those John Lee Hooker records, those two CDs, until I literally erased the print, the, the actual yes. track in the back of the CD. Yes. Blank. Uh, that's how that's how how often I used to play that CD on my little disc man. Um, so that was that was really my beginning. It was it was those two CDs. It was that VHS. That what that's what got me hooked. You know, yeah. Uh, when I when I wanted to actually pick up a guitar, uh, my dad said, and and that's where it gets kind of crazy because my dad said, like, well, I know you like the blues, and this is the type of music you should be listening to if you're really serious about playing the guitar. But I, I don't want you to pick up that guitar until you listened to a lot of blues music first. Like you have to listen to a lot of it. Don't pick up the guitar yet. You're not ready for it. He didn't even ask me to go take guitar lessons. He just said, go to the records. Go yeah. listen to Jimmy Reed. Go listen to BB. Go listen to Lydon Hopkins. Listen to all the yep. greats. Alan and Wolf. then weeks after or months after, pick up your guitar. Yeah. Uh, and he was serious about it. He was strict too. He he hid that guitar. He put it away, and then he just had me listening to a lot of records. That's awesome. That was it, man. That's your school. That's, That's your school. education, dude. That's it. That was my 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 school, my junior high school, my high school, and my university right there. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? I think that's so cool. It's kind of crazy how it all worked out because. That, that's the other thing I tell everybody all the time, uh, especially at live shows. I tell this to the audience and people, uh, people laugh. But when I was in high school, I, I never had a girlfriend because I was this weird kid playing <laughs> blues music. What the hell is that? Yeah, right? what's that? <laughs> With an acoustic guitar? What are you doing? Like my friends were playing their electric guitars, trying to play like Metallica or Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to learn freaking Jimmy Reed songs. How can I have a girlfriend? Impossible, right? So <laughs> my high school years were, were pretty were pretty interesting, but 
after all that time and all the sacrifice and all that stuff, I think it, it paid off now. Oh, I yes. <laughs> Listening to your album all day today, I would have to say so, yes. <laughs> no, uh, I, I too have, I have great respect for B.B. King. Yeah. Great respect. And I have recently been uh, collecting all of his vinyl. Oh, records. wow. Wow. And it has, I tell you, it has been an experience, uh, especially when you throw one of his vinyl records on and then you play along with it. There's just, there's an education in that. Yes. In throwing a record on, like you were saying, and, mm-hmm. and playing with, with the greats um, and B.B. King, I tell you, I that there's something very special about uh, about that man yeah. and how he plays the guitar and even how he sings as well. It's I mean it's all he's just amazing, yeah. uh, hands down. Um, yeah. I remember I'm a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Mm-hmm. Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of introduced me into the blues when I was 12. Okay, and um, I remember I was watching a, a DVD, uh, kind of like yourself. I was watching a, a show. And it was a tribute to Steve Ray Vaughan. And it had, you've probably seen it. It had Eric Clapton, Buddy Guy, BB uh, yeah. King, Jimmy, right? And I remember watching BB King come out with his, with Lucille. Yeah. And he played the telephone song. Telephone song, yeah. Um, that was on Stevie's last album. And I watched BB hit those notes. And I was like, oh my gosh. What is this? That is the most craziest thing I've ever seen on the guitar. Just the sound of of BB King, you know. It's just a just a big sound. His voice just booming, and then you know you have Lucille just just a single note from Lucille is just like that's it. Oh, holy cow! That's it. And you know it's BB every time. <laughs> there's no way to. There's no way to really to to get lost with his sound he's i think he was he was and he will always be that one guitar player who created that whole uh subject or that whole theory of play that one note and i'll tell you who that person is it was bb i completely agree with you um what yeah it's just yeah i can i can talk about bb all day yeah, what man. what albums what what um do you have any specific albums that really influence you it could be even today like in this moment is there any bb king album that really just inspires the heck out of you yeah yeah well i um since i was a kid there was two bb king well if you're talking about bb king there was two bb king albums that always inspired me and still today i listen to them uh, not on a daily basis but at least on a monthly basis i i put them on my record player on my vinyl player and mm-hmm. and i just try to learn because i that's the other thing uh justin is like not a day goes by when i don't listen to something mm-hmm. from bb and i stop it and i was like wait let me just rewind that a couple seconds back what was he doing there that's so that's so brilliant how how did you <laughs> come up with those things like so simple so uh-huh. basic simple playing uh-huh. but when you try to do it it just doesn't come out like that yeah and then I tell everybody, I've listened this, I've listened this uh, saying from other players, older players, more experienced players, younger players, kids. 
at the end of the day, we're all trying to sound like BB. Everybody. Oh, oh yeah. You know, I would I would have to say so, yes. Even, even <laughs> rock guitar players, jazz mm-hmm. guitar players, George Benson says it all the time. Oh, he yeah. Like BB King. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me just kind of go back to my main idea is the two albums by BB that completely drive me crazy uh, ha- would have to be, um, let's see. Well, I have like four, but I'm going to give you two. Uh, I'll give you two. I'll do my best. <laughs> they have to be live at Cook County Jail. Uh-huh, that's good. And live at the Regal. Okay. Those two live shows for oh, yeah. me are like, what? Where is this person from? He's not from this planet. <laughs> yeah. How, how can he play like that? How can he sing like that? It's just out of this world. So those two albums, since I was a kid, I was in love with. I'm still in love with those. And I still yeah. listen to them. And every day I, I discover something new. Uh, and more recent stuff. Well, maybe not recent, but the other guitar player that has influenced me a lot has to be my producer, uh, Mr. Mr. Anson Thunderberg, because, mm-hmm. and, and this is something I, all, I always get in a fight with other people. Like, uh, I, all, I, I also listened to a lot of Stevie Ray while growing up myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Stevie Ray was never, and, and I, this is kind of controversial, uh, <laughs> To me, Stevie, Stevie Ray was great for what he was, for what he did. Uh, but when you put Stevie Ray, for me, this is very personal opinion. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Stevie Ray next to Jimmy, Jimmy Vaughn or, or next to Anson Thunderbird, I am going to pick Jimmy Vaughn and Anson Thunderbird over Stevie. That, that's very personal. Yeah. And, oh, man, I was in Austin this past December recording my album. Uh-huh. Anson was producing and we got to meet and have and have lunch. We actually had lunch with Jimmy Vaughn one day, and we were having this discussion. And I said, "Man, uh, Jimmy, you have no idea how many times I get into fights with people because I pick you over Stevie, you know." And and he was laughing, and it was funny because this happens. This happens, Justin. It's like people love, adore Stevie, and I oh, do. Yeah. Too. I do. Oh too. yeah. To me, Stevie is not just a blues musician. Stevie was just a freaking freak of nature, you know. Oh. <laughs> Yes, you know, yes. like rock star level. What, wherever, same category where Prince was, uh, Jimi Hendrix. You know, a different level, just a different yep. stratosphere. Yep. But when it comes to blues guitar playing, oh yeah, both Jimmy Vaughn and Anson Thunderbird are the two guys in Texas that that kind of shaped that sound. Sure. That we know today as Texas guitar playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, I did. I just saw uh, Jimmy Vaughn and Buddy Guy in concert last year. Oh man! And it was phenomenal. <laughs> Even today, like those guys. Uh, yeah. It was just yeah, amazing, amazing music was <laughs> created that night when I saw them about a year ago. <laughs> so cool. Let's. Jose, let's let's talk about your wonderful album that you created this year um, and released um, just a few months ago. Your album, Here I Come. Tell us about it. Uh, I've been listening to it all day, as as I said, and all last week, and the week before, <laughs> and probably the week before that. <laughs> all right, all right, Tell us about it. I um I get a a lot of blues is combined with, you know, rock music and stuff like that. And I got a sense listening to yours, there's a lot of soul and there's like a, a lot of R&B kind of infused with your blues. Yeah. Tell us tell us about your creation. 
Well, uh, it's it's my first album. I want to I want to start with that. It's my debut album, and uh, I had two options when when I started thinking about recording this album. I had the option to go with a with a very humble budget and just kind of uh, do the production myself and and book a a you know like a I don't want to say cheap but uh, a more decent um, um, budget wise studio. Or I had the option to go big or go home. And I said, what do I want to do with my debut album? Do I want to do something that's going to be completely blown out, out of proportion? Or do I want to be, you know, like decent, you know, humble, down to earth and, and put out a project that's going to be good, but maybe not too crazy expensive. Uh, I've always believed, and my, my dad has always taught me that first impressions are very important. Yes. Because uh, that first album is what people are going to remember forever. It's like, what was his first album like, you know? Um, yeah. So I said, like, well, I'm going to do a little sacrifice here, and I'm going to invest on, a, on the best album I can put out right now, you know? And um, I got in touch with Anson. Um, as I said before, Anson's always been a guitar legend for me, a guitar hero. And... Um, how it, how it all started was I met Anson about three years and a half, three and a half years ago in Florida. I was living in Florida back then. And um, he was touring through Florida with little Charlie, uh, little Charlie and um, Mark Hummel. And they were playing, I believe, the Bradenton Blues Festival down in, in, in Florida, in Bradenton, Florida. Um, they played the festival and then they came to a smaller blues club at the end of the festival and played um, like a blues jam, like a late nighter kind of blues jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I couldn't go to the festival, but I went to the jam. Now, introduced myself to, to Anson and to little Charlie, who we unfortunately recently lost. Um, and I said, you guys are my two of my biggest influences and legends. It's really an honor to meet you guys. I'm, I'm here for the show. I'm a guitar player myself. I'm, I come from Costa Rica. And they were both so gracious and they were like, do you have your guitar with you, Jose? And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, I came to see you guys. I came to take lessons to, you know, make some notes. And they're like, no, you should come up and play with us. But I didn't have my guitar with me. So Charlie, uh, little Charlie was, was great. And he's like, well, how about I, gi I give you, I loan you my guitar. You can borrow my guitar. So you can play a couple tracks, a couple songs with Anson. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, no, you can play my strat. So it was a magical night. I was playing Little Charlie, Little Charlie Beatty's Stratocaster right next to Anson Funderburg on stage. And I was in heaven. That was that was it. That's was awesome. Like, hey, if I die tomorrow, I'm good. I'm You're good. good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so me and Anson became great friends after that jam. Uh, he really, he seemed to enjoy what I did on stage. And, uh, and he said, man, I have big respect for, for your playing, for your efforts coming from where you come from and all the sacrifice you've been through. If you ever put out a record or you want to, you know, work on a record, just let me know. I am producing younger artists nowadays. Uh, and I, and that kind of stayed with me about a year ago. I want to say about a year ago, I started really thinking more seriously about putting my first album together. Mm -hmm. And that's how here I come, uh, came to life. I said, well, I'm going to go big or go home with this album. And I want my, one of my biggest influences to be the producer of this album because I believe in his sound and I'm sure that he's going to believe in my, my ideas too. So I reached out to Anson and I said, what are the possibilities that you might be interested in producing my record? 
he's like, Jose, I've been following your progress on, on social media. You're doing great. It would be my honor to, to produce your album. Um, so we got together. We, we had a meeting, a formal meeting, and he said, I like your songs. I like, I brought him some demos, some scratch demos, and, and he said, I like your music. Let's get together. I'll pick the musicians. Uh, I'll meet you in, in uh, Austin, Texas in December, and I traveled down. I was still living in Washington, D.C. I wasn't in Florida yet. And I drove from Washington, D.C. all the way to Austin, Texas with my guitars, with my amp, and got together with Anson. He picked a stellar, a yes, stellar group of musicians. And they really, really, really understood what I wanted to do with my songs, with my original music. And that's, that's it. You have it in your hands now. It's uh, the Here I Come, the debut album. That's fantastic. No, I just listening to I was listening to all the instrument the instrumentation today with the horn section and it sounds fantastic. And then, you know, the keyboard the the piano was just incredible. And then the guitar playing, obviously the guitar playing was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's like when we were in the studio, I had all these guys around me the piano player, uh, keyboard player is Jim Pugh. I don't know if you heard about Jim. He, Jim played with Robert Cray, with the Robert okay. Cray for over 20 okay. years. Yeah. So I had Robert Cray's piano player. I had um, an amazing bass player. I had the horn section, uh, the, the Texas the Texas, horn, yeah, Texas. Yeah, Texas. Who yeah. once recorded for Aretha Franklin and, and Ray Charles. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm surrounded by this legends, and I'm, I'm not even thinking about my playing anymore. I didn't want to solo. I just wanted the guys to play their instruments and solo. And Anson came into the booth and he said, like, Jose, you got to play more of your guitar because this is your record. Come on, dude, you got to like, do something. <laughs> I want them to play. He's like, I know. Are you going to play? Like, <laughs> this is a guitar record. You should play your guitar. You gotta, yeah, you should play a little more. <laughs> Come on, man. Earn your air in a box here. So. No, I, I have to compliment you because uh, <laughs> listening to the album, the space that you have uh, with your guitar, um, the phrasing and the space that you create with, with that instrument was just perfect. Oh, thank you. You played, you played in the right moments. It just wasn't too much, right? Just in the right, right phrasing, right moments. It just created a lot of beautiful space right well, thank you so most, of those, in, most of those times i don't know what to do so i just be yeah silent but, but it yeah. works <laughs> no it, it totally worked dude totally totally <laughs> that's <laughs> so, funny. um i from what i understand it you wrote every single song on the, on no, the record. it's uh it's 11 tracks and nine songs are original okay nine songs are original yeah. okay cool very cool yeah uh, so with songwriting do you uh, is that going to be your aim for for other records are you mostly going to write your own songs are you going to cover you know more blues uh standards what's uh what's your take on that or do you just like to kind of do your own yeah um, well your own again it, yeah it was my first album and i also understand that artists um evolve a lot with the, with the passing of the years so I don't know what's going to happen a year from now, two years, five, ten years sure. from now. We will all still be alive. But, <laughs> uh, man. Um, but, you know, as far as writing goes, I'm used to writing by myself. Okay. But I'm not opposed to co-writing with other people. Mm -hmm. um, 
which is something that it that I'm doing that I'm currently doing, uh, and that's why I'm on this little field trip, business trip to uh, Muscle Shoals and and also Memphis, because uh, there's a new project I'm involved in, mm -hmm. and I will be talking about that project later at some point. I'm excited. But um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to co-writing with other people, and I also gotta say that I, I do enjoy playing some some covers. Uh, of course, I don't like doing the covers that everybody has done before. Yeah, so yeah. when it comes to covers, I try to choose songs that are mysteries. Obscure. Obscure. That's yeah. the right word. Yeah. And try to take them and make them my own, you know, change them up a little bit. Uh, that, uh, and I, I personally, because I, I consume a lot of blues music, I en really enjoy when blues guitarists find the obscure uh, blues uh, covers, right? Blues standards or yeah. blues, yeah, covers. Uh, Walter Trout uh, released an album. Uh, was it this year or last year? I can't remember. Um, and he he recorded some obscure covers on on that album, and I I absolutely loved it. Uh, Joe Bonamassa does the same thing too. Yeah. Um, he likes to find those those Mystery. you know mystery blues songs and throw them in and you're like what is this i've never heard any and it's just this you know old yeah. blues song that was recorded on a you know dinky acoustic guitar right yeah. and i i just i i personally love that type of stuff oh, i go crazy right. over it so yeah. no i'm excited to see what you come up with in the future i'm just i'm pumped I love it. Like I asked you before we re we recorded our episode, I'm like, when's the next album going to be out? Uh, come on. <laughs> come on, Jose. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Put a lot of pressure like, on. <laughs> yeah, that first album was smoking. Come on. What's the next come one? Come on, more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, we're still trying to write out for the the freaking pandemic and everything <laughs> yeah. a day at a time, you know, <laughs> uh, I liked it that much. So it's a compliment. To you. That's cool. <laughs> I, we're curious for all the, for our, for all the gearheads out there, what guitars, amps and pedals did you use on the album? If you use any pedals, I know some guitar, yeah. some blues guitar uh -huh. players just plugged straight in. Yeah. So yeah, tell, yeah, yeah. Tell us about your setup a little bit. You know, it's funny you mentioned that straight to the amp. I've always been a straight to the amp kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did use one pedal for this album and it's the same pedal, the one and only pedal I use for live shows as well, which is a, a, a boost pedal by Vertex. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yep. It's, it's the, the, way I, the way I found out about it was I saw a video of Robin Ford. I was just gonna mention Robin Ford, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've and, seen it too. I love his playing. It's, he's he's so clean and transparent yes. when he wants to be. And when he promoted or advertised this pedal, I'm like, if he's saying that's his favorite pedal, yeah, I gotta I gotta try it. I bought it about two years ago, and it's got it's it's be, it's become a very important part of my sound. I use that pedal all the time, and it's wow. the only pedal I use. Uh, why do I prefer that instead of going straight to the amp? Um, Older guys like Anson or Jimmy would defer. They would be like, well, why don't you go straight to the amp? It's the same thing. Yes and no. The, the thing with the pedal, it works for me as a volume pedal. Sure. All it does is just boosts, this, boosts the signal without distorting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. 
And that's why I love it, because it keeps it clean. It keeps it transparent. It just brings the volume up for me, mm -hmm. for soloing, for phrasing between verses, stuff like that. So it doesn't change your tone or sound. It just brings the volume up. Not at all. Yeah, I can, I can see how Robin Ford would, would like that. Yeah. And yeah. I could I could see how you would like to kind of maintain that. Uh, yeah. Uh, maintain your sound, right? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be clean because there's a reason why uh, we we pick the guitars that we pick. I don't have many guitars. I cannot talk to you hours and hours about my gear because <laughs> I only own three guitars. Uh, I actually own four. You can see my acoustic guitar in the back. Uh, but I have that one acoustic guitar, um, and I have three electric guitars. I have a Fender uh, Strat, which is a custom shop. Yeah. Uh, Fender Strat. That's the one on your album cover, right? That's the one on the album the cover. The red one. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a very nice, you know, it's very classic, uh, standard Texas kind of Strat. Yeah. Strat sound. Jimmy Vaughn again. Mm -hmm. uh, Pete Creighton, Anson Thunderbird kind of. Yeah. Uh, Hubert Sumlin Strat yeah. sound. Mm, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and then I have, but that, that Strat's not my main axe. My main axe is actually a Telecaster uh, yeah. Pro Series. It's a blue Telecaster Pro Series. Uh, that's my, my, main, my main guitar I use for when I tour, well, whenever we were all touring, uh, that's the guitar I was playing the most, and I still play it when we have shows. Uh, that's my main, my main instrument. I love the Tele. Because it's a very honest instrument. It's yes. very transparent. You know, it's it's tricky though. It's tricky because it's the type of instrument that's got you all naked in front of the audience. Uh -huh. uh, with a strat, you have all these different pick pick uh, combinations. Mm -hmm. You can hide certain things with a strat. Yes. Um, with a tele, you cannot. Yeah. If you do something great on a tele, it's going to show and it's going to be boosted. But sure. if, you, if you screw up on a tele, the instrument is cruel. It, it's, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it's a very tough guitar, but I, I don't know. I like it like that. And I, I've learned, <laughs> I've learned to play on a, my first electric guitar was a Telecaster. So I think it's, it's been a, a an old, all time affair with a Tele. Yeah. Uh, that's my second instrument in main. And then I also have a, I recently purchased a, a dream guitar that I've always wanted. I always wanted a Gibson 335. Uh, you know that, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, like that, that very old, uh, what do you call it? Um, hollow body kind of yeah. sound. Larry yep. Carlton, Robin Ford, oh, yeah, King, yep. T Bone Walker, oh, yeah, uh, all that good stuff. I just, I just bought me a 335 about two years ago, really, oh, and yeah. I can't stop playing it. It's my favorite guitar. <laughs> it's incredible, it's incredible. It's, it's so different from a Fender, yes. uh, but it gives you so many options in sound that a Fender won't. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. So I love it. It's very subtle. It's a very subtle guitar. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a guitar. That guitar, I prefer to play straight to the amp for some strange reason. Yeah. Uh, straight to a Fender. Uh, my, my only amp as well is a Fender Deluxe Reverb 65. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I love I love that because of the you know the standard Fender uh, reverb, uh -huh. the very classic reverb sound of a, a tube amp, and I plug my three thirty five there and I put the reverb up to maybe about four and a half to five, mm -hmm. and I'm a happy man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's something special about a, a three thirty five. Yeah. Um, 
I play mine every day. I can't, it's, I have a, I have, you know, I have Gibson SG. I have a less, a gold top Les Paul, which I love. Um, but that three, three, five is, it just fits my playing style. You know, it's just, it's funny how a guitar, yeah. um, you probably feel that way with your, with your Telecaster. Um, your telly style uh, guitar. Um, there's just, there's, uh, it's funny how a guitar fits your sound and your fingers and, and all, and all that jazz, right? It's yeah. just, it's just incredible how, how your, your, your how it works. hands belong in that guitar, you know? Yeah. It's really interesting. Like I've, I've recently discovered that I'm like, Oh, whoa, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Like my hand and my, my style is sh- shifting and yeah. forming into this guitar, and it's a really unique thing to experience. Um, yeah. I'm I'm sure a lot of the blues players experience it all the time with their yeah. with their number one guitar, right? <laughs> that's why they're why it's their number one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Jose, where can everybody find your music? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, everybody, I can tell you all that you can get my record directly from my website. Uh, we recently um, we recently launched a new store on my website, so people can now go to my website, visit, see what's up, see what's new, see when you know shows are coming up in the calendar, uh, updates, news, and they can also purchase the new album there. Uh, the website is joseramirezblues.com, uh, and you just go to store or shop, and you can get your album there. If you buy the album from my website, I will make sure I autograph the album for you uh, before I ship it. So that's the plus of getting the album on the website. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, Jose, I absolutely loved and enjoyed our conversation today. It was, I loved having you on. And when you, guess what? When you do come out with more music and more <laughs> projects, you're coming back on the podcast and we're going to have another interview and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about the blues, talking about your creations, your albums and everything you do with the blues. I absolutely love what you have done. Love your album. And I'm, I'm honestly honored to have you on the podcast again. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. I've been looking forward to this. And, uh, you know, like interviews since the album came out May 29th, I've probably been doing anywhere from five to seven interviews a week. That's it's good. crazy. Uh, and they haven't stopped. Thank God the album is charting up high in the, in the charts. But, but interviews are fun. But there are certain interviews with certain people that I really enjoy. And this is definitely one of them. So thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. We have a lot of fun. Uh, I'd like to tell, remind our uh, listeners again to find us on Instagram. And you can go to Facebook and, and join our Guitar Freaks Facebook uh, page. Uh, Jose, thank you again. It was an honor. Thank you, Justin. Have a great one. All right. Rock on, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Guitar Freaks podcast. Check out www.fretdeck.com to help you learn the guitar. 